Technical production for The Aaron Rupar Show is provided by Studio Americana, an audiobook and podcast production company based in Minneapolis, serving clients nationwide. Carlson kept going after this man after the feds cleared him after there was an investigation he just doesn't care yeah he does not care and I was screaming when I was watching this like he should sue he completely should sue because this is a private citizen now since this this has all happened Ray Epps has faced an avalanche of hate and harassment to the point that he's left his home he lives in an RV with his wife and they just travel around so nobody can like find him and his business has fallen apart. So he has damages. I mean, he definitely has damages that he could prove. So he should, I think he should be getting a lawyer like yesterday, but that's me. Hello and welcome to the Aaron Rupar Show. Today I'm excited to be joined by Juliet Jeske. Juliet is the author of the Decoding Fox News newsletter. She is a returning guest and an expert on right-wing media. So we will talk about Tucker Carlson's floundering Twitter show, the new Tucker-free Fox News primetime lineup that debuts next week, and a whole lot more. So please stay tuned for that. But I wanted to begin today just by thanking everyone for all of the love and support I've received over the past month as I have dealt with the passing of my dad. My dad, Bob Rupar, was a wonderful father, a wonderful grandfather, and so his passing has hit all of us, including myself, quite hard. Uh, when I last recorded the show about a month ago, he was in the hospital with recurrence of leukemia. Uh, he had fought through so many of those over the years, you know, basically the 10 years since he was first diagnosed with blood cancer that I think myself and other members of my family sort of, you know, thought that um, he would fight through just about anything. But um, it gets harder and harder to kick out every time you have one of those recurrences. And uh, ultimately, he did not make it out of the hospital this time. He passed away the Saturday following the most recent podcast that I recorded. And so obviously, I needed to take a little bit of time to process that. Uh, the first week after his passing was consumed with the funeral, writing his obituary, uh, spending time with family, all those sorts of things. And then I thought it was important to also take a couple weeks after that to just kind of clear my head as best I could, uh, try to come to terms with things. And um, you know, I've heard from so many people out there uh, expressing condolences, uh, sharing their own stories of loved ones that they've lost and how they've dealt with that. And even just three or four weeks out, I'm um, realizing that grief is not a linear thing, that time may numb some of the wounds from something like this, but it doesn't really heal them. And so part of me wanted to take a longer break, uh, you know, and clear my head even a little bit more if that's possible. But, you know, ultimately, I, I realized that my dad would want me to keep going and it feels important to kind of dive back in at this point. And so dive, diving back in is what I am doing uh, this week and going forward. But I wanted to take a moment at the top of the show and just thank everyone uh, for being so kind and wonderful as I've dealt with uh, this family tragedy. But uh, again, I'm back at it. This week, I have Juliet on the show. Next week, I have Simon Rosenberg, a long, longtime Democratic strategist, uh, 30 years in politics, who is now writing a popular substack called The Hopium Chronicles. So we'll be talking a lot of politics together next week on the show. And I have lots of great guests coming up in the weeks and months to come. So I'm back on the schedule now of recording these shows on Wednesday, dropping them early Thursday morning, first thing. So if you are watching this on YouTube, I ask that you please like this episode and please subscribe to the show. 
And if you are like me uh, and listening to the audio version, I'm very much a person who likes my podcasts in audio form. You can find the podcast wherever you get your audio podcasts. I ask that you please subscribe there and share it within your circle to help spread the word as well. So without further ado, let's get to my conversation with Juliet. Hello and welcome to the Aaron Rupar Show. Today I'm thrilled to be joined by Juliet Jeske. Uh, Juliet is a returning guest to the show and uh, actually the last time that we spoke was back in March and at that time uh, Tucker Carlson was uh, a big topic between you and I. Uh, you were tracking him quite closely for your Decoding Fox News newsletter and uh, as we were DMing uh, kind of in preparation for the show today you mentioned that um, you have been watching a lot of Tucker's Twitter shows of course, since March, uh, Tucker was fired by Fox News. He's now doing a show on Twitter. Um, I was kind of appalled yesterday to see that. Well, first of all, he did an interview with Andrew Tate, who is a credibly accused sex pest. And uh, so that's bad in and of itself. But then secondly, it was two and a half hours long. Yeah. Um, so, you know, <laughs> it, it brought to mind that meme of uh, I'm not reading all that, basically, um, which I actually posted that on Twitter. Did you watch his show with Andrew Tate? Did you stomach that at all? Or? I haven't been able to because it's two and a half hours long. It's yeah. just, I saw it and I was like, oh, man, two and a half hours long. Are you nuts? And I will get to it. I've watched every Ooh. other one. Um, yeah. I reviewed them last night in anticipation of this interview oh wow. um, okay yeah and because they're short most of them are really short yeah. and they're just off he doesn't even come close to telling the truth in any of them especially yeah. in in regards to hunter biden he you know he's saying oh he's we've got proof that he was money laundering and racketeering and he was a foreign agent i'm like we have absolutely no proof of any of that and you're just making stuff up yet again so that was uh he's just outrageous in the stuff that he says. And then well, there goes the cat. Sorry. Um, and then he, you know, basically was saying some really awful things about Ukraine, you know, like making Zelensky out to be the villain, of course. Yeah. And he's I knew he would get worse when he did was no longer tethered to Fox news, but he's definitely gotten worse. Yeah. I, I wanted to ask you because, you know, we talked about this a little bit too uh, in our DM exchange that, you know, Media Matters actually went through and crunched the numbers in terms of the views that Tucker's show on Twitter is doing. And the one that I jotted down here was that the first episode of the show did 120 million views. And now that's a little bit of a deceiving metric because they basically on Twitter count views as if you just scroll past yeah. tweet in your timeline so it's not actually tracking like people who are watching the video uh they used to have a video view metric but that was one of the changes that elon uh implemented a few months back which i actually found to be quite annoying because i used to like to kind of track which videos really yeah. blew up and now it's it's really hard you know it's basically it quantifies how many people are looking at your twitter feed more than how many people are looking at specific videos that you post but anyway tucker went from 120 million for the first episode, which was just a couple months ago, to uh, for the most recent one pre this Andrew Tate interview, just did 9 million. So, I mean, that yeah. is a huge, huge decline. And, you know, it kind of those numbers, uh, you know, kind of caused the whole round of commentary around, you know, what's accounting for Tucker's kind of fading star, you know, wasn't a bad <laughs> idea for him to do this show on Twitter and maybe not partner with like the Daily Wire or a more established outlet that could have helped him promote it a little bit more. Or is it just the fact that, you know, as you kind of touched upon a little bit that, you know, the production quality for these shows is very low. Uh, they seem kind of slapdash, many of them, yeah. as though there hasn't been a lot of effort, you know, almost like he's writing them or someone's writing them for him in the morning and then they're shooting them in the afternoon. It's yeah. it, they seem very 
kind of slapdash. And so, I mean, what's your take? You said you watched all of them. Uh, what do you think accounts for the, you know, the kind of the fading popularity of his broadcast at this point? I think they just, they look sloppy. They look like he's talking out of a shed. And you can see like grass behind him or trees or some sort of greenery behind him, like his open door. And it's just him sitting in like what literally looks like a shed or some type of garage that's not actually a garage. And then, you know, he's in a suit and that just looks odd with no set to go with the suit. So it's like, okay, so it's a weird dude sitting in a suit in his shed <laughs> talking, um, you know, and like Pete Davidson, the, um, uh, the, uh, I'm going to get his name wrong. No, no, not Pete, Pete Davidson. Davidson. Is a, is not a Pete Davidson, comedian, the one who dates right? everybody. Pete um, Dominic. Pete Dominic. Oh, okay, sure. Big Pete's difference. A huge difference. <laughs> one, I, one I adore, one I'm like, ugh. But Pete Dominic um, shoots a uh, show out of a shed. But he's a comedian, and it's like right. a different vibe. Um, and he jokes about it all the time on air. He's like, I'm in my shed. But like <laughs> to have Tucker Carlson do that, uh, is like what are you to go from a professional looking set fox news having yeah. an entire crew support him uh to just this random dude talking you know like i'm just gonna say this you know random 14 minute monologue for no reason it just does it really doesn't help him and i think you can see from it how much having that professional crew really did elevate him yeah. he looks foolish now i think his content is difficult to watch it's difficult to follow he doesn't have guests it's just sloppy no graphics no the other thing that i think i'm realizing watching because i literally like marathoned them all last night i'd watched them wow. before but i was like i really want to embody this again so i just went one two three four five six seven eight um and just one right after the other and what was interesting is one thing that he was very reliant upon and they all are on fox is the media clip where they'll pull something mm. from CNN, they'll pull something from MSNBC, from The View, that sort of thing, and then they joke on it. And they do it quite a bit. It's very, uh, they're very dependent on the media clip that they pull so they can goof on, joke on. And he doesn't do that for these little mm. shed shows. It's just him talking and it just comes across as like odd. It just doesn't work. It's like he screwed up his own formula and um, I also think that who the hell is going to watch a long show? Like, I don't know who's going to watch two and a half hours on on Twitter. Yeah. I will because oh. this is my job and I will sit there with my um, snag it <laughs> on my little computer, like just sucking yeah. it out. But it's like, you know, I, I don't know how many anybody over the age of like 50 is going to sit on Twitter going, oh, I want to watch two and a half hour video yeah. of Andrew Tate, you know, just well, odd. That that was the funny Pretty thing strange. about you, you probably noticed this as well that um you know again we shouldn't maybe joke too much about the andrew tate you know platforming him because that's really bad um, it's horrible right and so horrible. i mean it, it's really nothing to to laugh over although i did find it amusing that elon you know posted a tweet uh promoting the show and basically saying something to the effect of like interesting conversation and then um about an hour later he promoted a follow-up or he, he posted a follow-up basically saying and by the way you can watch this on double speed you know i mean almost as if like yeah i tried to get through this but it was so boring that like if you need to speed it up to twice the speed here you go um so you know even elon i think had kind of a hard time stomaching the the two and a half hours which you know kind of has the vibe of like a joe rogan broadcast or podcast because his you know regularly clock in at between two and three but um i would say tucker is no rogan in terms of just the like the appeal of rogan is kind of the the shoot from the hip the uh yeah kind of boys being boys and and tucker doesn't really have that 
type of charisma to him, I wouldn't say. So um, I'll be interested to see how that kind of washes out in terms of the views. I haven't checked this morning to, to see that. But um, for a whole bunch of reasons, you know, the person that you're platforming, the content, the length, uh, it seemed like kind of a weird choice. It's odd. And I, uh, yeah, it is very strange that we live in a time right now where Andrew Tate can get a two and a half hour interview on this huge platform. And at the same time, it's Sound of Freedom. Is that that horrible movie, the QAnon movie? is also like booming and you're like hi um andrew tate is an actual probably sex trafficker but you're Mm. gonna watch this movie that's fiction that's based on you know kind of um fantastical you know sex trafficking of course happens but the movie is definitely taking a lot of liberties you're gonna watch that movie that's a kind of a you know fictionalized version of reality and then you have an actual person who's proudly saying, yeah, I abuse women. I treat them like dirt and blah, blah, blah. And you don't, you know, that's okay. So yeah. I, very strange to me. That's yeah. That, that's that been kind of a through line with Republican politics. I feel like going back, you know, we, we can think back on Pizzagate in 16, which the idea there was that, you know, Democrats are sex traffickers. And of course it was this really fantastic conspiracy, conspiracy theory, but along the way, whenever there has been, a Republican who has been either accused or convicted of sex trafficking. It's like, you know, the QAnon people um, seem uh, remarkably unbothered by those, you know, those cases. It's only the ones that are kind of convenient politically that they care about. I mean, not that we need further refutation of QAnon or Pizzagate, but you're right that there seems to be, you know, these people who are the most concerned. So it seems about sex trafficking are also cool with Andrew Tate and Tucker Carlson interviewing him. Yeah. Yeah. You need a lot of cognitive dissonance to, you know, kind of make sense of that. Yeah, it's very bizarre. It's like, or like, or Matthew, you know, Representative Gates, Matthew Gates, is like the idea that if it's like a teenage girl, oh, you know, no big deal. It's even though that's somebody's daughter who's underage, they don't yeah. seem to. It doesn't seem to bother them. Or like a preacher or a priest or, uh, like Fox did a number where they completely ignored. There was another big, huge sex scandal in the Catholic Church in Baltimore. I'm a former Catholic. I was raised Catholic. So I get very I follow every single time when this happens. I'm like on that story, like, oh, I'm just getting mad. But there was a thing in Baltimore um, where it was another diocese and then there was another diocese in Illinois. And Fox just never mentions it. Just that didn't happen. And they, they have Cardinal Dolan on uh, Fox and Friends every now and then. And yep. um, he, he keeps it, you know, they don't really get into politics, which obviously makes sense. But yeah, they don't cover the the scandal aspect of it. Um, I, I wanted to ask you, I know you're kind of more immersed on the content side, but I feel like as kind of, you know, journalists are sort of the news ecosystem, we kind of zoomed right past the Tucker Carlson firing story in, in the sense <laughs> that I don't know if we ever really learned exactly what happened there. And maybe it is just kind of a story where I think, you know, we kind of want stories to be neat and clean, where it was like, this is the reason that that happened. And maybe it was just kind of this accumulation of him bad mouthing, you know, using misogynistic language about female executives and, um, you know, kind of things of that nature that added up where, you know, the decision was made to fire him. But what's your working theory of the case there? Why do you think Tucker Carlson was fired when he was, you know, one of the top rated along with the five uh, broadcasters on Fox? Well, I can only guess. I mean, I know yeah. he's he's working on a book and it's going to be revealed with Chadwick Moore, I believe, is writing a okay. book. And he's bragging about all will be revealed in the book as a way to hype up the book sales. Um, I based on everything I've read, I think it had more to do with the fact that yet another female employee was like, I can't I sexual harassment, you know, this horrible work environment in combination with 
the emails and text messages where Tucker Carlson in the Dominion uh, voting systems defamation lawsuit, Mm -hmm. all this stuff got revealed and emails and text messages that were never meant to be public suddenly were public. And in them, Tucker Carlson openly disparaged, you know, some of the top female executives, especially the woman who works in PR. And he was brutal towards her, just absolutely vicious towards her. And when when it was even revealed that this stuff is going to get this is going to be made public, he was like, yeah, glad. I'm glad it'll be made public. He really was that arrogant. He thought he was untouchable. He had the highest ratings. He didn't care. And he just thought he could say whatever he wanted. And he was proud of it. And I think it was a combination of that plus the Abby Grossberg. Um, I hope I'm getting her last name right, Grossberg. I think it's um, right, yeah. Uh, I know it was Abby. It was the first yeah, name. yeah. Uh, no, I think you're right. Yeah. Getting the $12 million settlement, which is actually small for Fox. So I think, uh, and which is hilarious that they yeah. elevated Jesse Waters, who's constantly disparaging women online, uh, on yeah. air, on air. He says horrible things about women on camera during a show. And they're like, it's great. We'll give him the APM slot. But I think it was probably a combination of all of that. And there's, I would guess that there was probably a power struggle between him and executives that had gone on for a while and they were just fed up and having to pay out three quarters of a billion dollars uh, in a defamation settlement, you know, they had to cut. I think they were probably looking at liabilities and just that this guy's a liability. We got to let him go because he's, you know, we could get another lawsuit because of him and they might because of Ray Epps. Um, who knows? That's what, yeah, and that, that's what I was just plucking away on my keyboard to look up is yeah. uh, the New York Times had this big story just over the weekend on Ray Epps. Um, I don't have all the details right in front of me, but basically Tucker pushed conspiracy theories while he was still on Fox about this guy who lives down in Arizona. And now, you know, the Times had a write up over the weekend under the headline, the case that could be Fox's next Dominion. Um, you know, the, the idea being that this Ray Epps fellow might be able to sue Tucker you know, for possibly billions of dollars, um, you know, and so, the, you know, you might be right to kind of suggest that they were taking, you know, Fox was taking inventory of liabilities and they probably realized that there were cases like this that could be coming down the pike as well. That would have been even more problematic had he still been on the the payroll there. Yeah. Um, Technical production for the Aaron Rupar show is provided by Studio Americana an audiobook and podcast production company based in Minneapolis, serving clients nationwide. Studio Americana specializes in high-quality recording, editing, and production services. They work with authors and publishers looking to meet the growing demand for audiobook content. Their team of producers and editors ensure the process is easy and efficient. They also assist with equipment, voice coaching services, voice talent for audiobook narration, and professional podcasts. If you're ready to get started, go to studioamericana.com forward slash contact to set up a meeting. Yeah, did, have you followed this one close to the, the Ray Epps? Let me give us, if you do know kind of the, the broad outlines, what's going on there? Well, Ray Epps is a man who went to January 6th and he's tall, so he sticks out. He's a tall, big guy. And he was like telling, you know, shouting, go here, let's do this, let's do that. But then... Ray Epps left early before it got really ugly. And uh, he sent some text messages that sort of proved that he'd left early. And there's there's other tests. There's other evidence that he left early and didn't actually enter the Capitol, didn't actually damage anything, didn't hurt anybody. And because he stuck out and because he uh, was telling people, let's go here, let's go there, you know, this and that. 
uh, some conspiracy theorists decided that he was a Fed and that he mm. was, you know, a federal agent that was entrapping people into criminal behavior. Um, this was not true. Ray Epps owned a, a business in Arizona that was had to do with weddings and special events and was just a private citizen. He had nothing to do with the federal government. Uh, and Tucker Carlson seized upon this conspiracy theory, probably more than anybody on Fox. And he just kept running with it. And he he would push it frequently. He would he would go, let's talk about Ray Epps. And then he would say, you know, this man. And then he'd take clips out of context and just show this, again, this very tall, strapping man, you know, saying, hey, guys, let's go. Let's do this. And he'd say, see, see, and nothing happened to him. Nothing happened to him. Then the feds did an entire investigation on Ray Epps and they cleared him of any wrongdoing. Uh, they said, you know, obviously wasn't a fed. There's no evidence that he was working with the federal government. There was an entire hearing on it. Uh, then one other thing happened where he, in the hearing, in the testimony, it, it was sort of this kind of gray area of exactly when he left. It was like, I left around and that's it. And then Tucker Carlson in that dump of um, footage that he got through uh, Speaker McCarthy, he found and he pinpointed the exact time when Ray Epps probably left, which was like 220 or something like that. And he goes, see, Ray Epps lied. And I'm like, no, actually, if you look at the testimony, it doesn't give an exact time. It's kind of open ended. It says around. And they, the people who were interviewing him were fine with that. Uh, and that was, again, sworn testimony. And they were like, OK, that's fine. And they had evidence that he got to his hotel room at X amount of time or whatever. So they they were OK with around two o'clock. And uh, Tucker Carlson seized upon that and said, this is evidence that he lied. And I'm like, no, it is not. And this was after he was cleared. So Tucker Carlson kept going after this man after the feds cleared him. After there was an investigation, he just doesn't care. Yeah. He does not care. And I was screaming when I was watching this, like, he should sue. He completely should sue because this is a private citizen. Now, since this, this has all happened, Ray Epps has faced an avalanche of hate and harassment to the point that he's left his home. He lives in an RV with his wife and they just travel around so nobody can, like, find him. And his mm -hmm. business has fallen apart. So he has damages. I mean, he definitely yeah. has damages that he could prove. So he should I think he should be getting a lawyer like yesterday. But that's me. Yeah. And well, it's also it was kind of the perfect conspiracy theory for Tucker, because the idea was that this Epps fellow was a secret government agent. And so just because the government's coming out and saying, no, he's not, um, it's kind of unfalsifiable because that's exactly what you would say if someone was a secret government agent. And so, you know, it was meant to kind of advance this idea that uh, January 6th was an inside job that, you know, there's more to the story than Trump supporters trying to overthrow the government. And yeah. so, yeah, but but I, you know, I, I don't doubt that Fox probably saw this ahead of time as being a potential major liability. And maybe that played played a role in uh, the thinking to to oust Tucker. But uh, you mentioned Jesse Waters. I do want to before we, we wrap up here, pivot a little bit to, um, you know, the big new primetime lineup, which debuts next week. Um, it feels like Fox now since Tucker was fired, which I believe happened, you know, two, three months ago at this point. It's kind of been in a holding pattern uh, this week. I think they have Piers Morgan yeah. doing Tucker's old time <laughs> oh, slot, which like that was one where, um, you know, I, I kind of uh, after the kids get to bed, um, which is usually towards the end of Tucker's time slot or his old time slot. I kind of check in just to see, I you know, see who the guests were. And, and when I saw that it was Piers this week hosting, um, I've mostly just kind of skipped 
the show entirely because he's not the the type of uh, person I really want to spend a lot of time watching. And, I'll, you know, I don't know if the ratings kind of bear that out or from kind of uh, unique in that respect. But, you know, they've kind of been this holding pattern doing the different guest hosts for a few months. And they eventually settled, as you mentioned earlier, on Jesse Waters being the the new, uh, you know, the new person in that in that time slot that Tucker used to have. What do you think that says about the direction that primetime is going? Um, you know, I saw I think it was Matthew Gertz at Media Matters this morning pointing out that the new primetime lineup, which is Laura Ingram and then um, Jesse and then Hannity. I mean, these are all kind of like down the line Trumpers. And so, you know, mm-hmm. he was kind of suggesting that maybe this, you know, is is kind of nodding towards some sort of uh, detente with Trump or, you know, kind of a, a warming up toward Trump ahead of his likely presidential run as a Republican nominee. But what's your two cents on that? Is that kind of your read on it as well? I'm not really sure yet because uh, Piers Morgan last night had on Chris Christie for an extended period of time. And mostly it was very odd. It was a very odd appearance because Chris Christie was on for seven minutes and he mostly spoke about Trump and disparagingly, just like Trump's an idiot. Trump's terrible. I would never work with Trump. I don't care. He can't mend that bridge. Trump's this Trump's that Trump didn't get the wall. Trump didn't get, you know, he was just ripping on Trump for seven solid minutes Hmm. and nobody was stopping him. And he's done that before. They've had Chris Christie on before in that uh, on that show on Fox News tonight with other hosts and they just let him go. And they don't talk about Chris Christie running for president. He just spends the whole time ripping on Trump. So it's been I'm not sure what they're doing with Trump. It's very odd. I don't know. They keep. They also have odd moments where like on. um, Fox and Friends, Steve Ducey, out of nowhere, just start talking about, oh, Glenn, uh, Glenn Youngkin, Youngkin, thank you, should run for president and and was interviewing him briefly and like, you should do it. You should get your throw your Hmm. hat in the race. So it's very odd. They have a very odd relationship with Trump. I think they'll go with whoever gets the nomination and they'll go full throttle. They don't care. They have no integrity. But um, I think they have a very odd relationship with Trump right now because I think they can see the writing on the wall because I've heard again Steve Ducey and other uh guests and hosts say things out loud such as I don't think he can win the general and I've seen mm. that multiple times on that and you would we didn't see that four years ago so I think that or not four years ago but the last election yeah pardon my brain for a second there but <laughs> yeah, no, <it's, laughs> I was like wait a second together they all turn into one yeah. election it feels like we're always having an election that's the no, problem I've been joking that it's going to be uh <laughs> it's going to be amusing in a way when Trump loses the general in 2024 and then he's a Republican nominee again in 28 because uh you know wh- which Republican is going to defeat him at this point I mean it, I it seems know. like as long as he's alive and wanting to run um the nomination is pretty much his but yeah it's I mean insane. I think you're right that you know, people want to talk in very general terms about, you know, kind of the, the Trump Fox relationship. And it is pretty complex. I mean, even yesterday, Trump was on Truth Social trashing on Fox yeah. and like highlighting how their stock has dipped and this and that. But then, you know, Hannity tonight is going to have a big announcement that he's doing another town hall with yes, Trump he- next week. And <laughs> so, you know, obviously Hannity has been <laughs> aboard the Trump train since basically day one, going back all the way to 2015. But, um, you know, the the one thing that kind of caught my eye with the press release that Fox issued uh, ahead of Hannity's announcement announcing this town hall event is that just like the one that Trump did with Hannity last month, they are pre-recording it like hours before the airtime, I guess, probably in part to edit out some of the defamatory statements that Trump will likely make. Um, So it seems like they've at least learned their lesson to that extent where they're not just giving him, you know, like an open live mic. Um, They are giving him, you know, an open mic, but they're editing it after the fact. Well, the last one, you could see it. There's a couple of times where you could clearly see a very awkward edit. 
Yeah. Where they just cut him off. And then all of a sudden we're onto a new question. And I'm like, oh, what did he say? Come on. You know, because I'm sure he just went on much longer about something and said horrible things. And they just went cutting that out. So, yeah. And yeah, they it, I saw that last night and I just rolled my eyes and went, oh, here we go again. I'm going to make my other I'm going to do another annotated version. Yeah which is two minutes long and I just break it down and get sarcastic. Um, it's one of my specialties that I'm sort of. No, you do great work with that. And, you. and you've also, are you doing the, um, you know, I, I've mostly been kind of checked out of the news for the past month as I took some personal time. So this is actually the longest that I have gone um, kind of not paying attention to Trump. And obviously, you know, his campaign has kind of been intensifying in that he's doing all these events. He's giving speeches mainly in Iowa and New Hampshire. But um, have you been watching a lot of his rallies lately? I haven't uh, other than no, I only watch them when just for my own sanity and not to drive my followers crazy. I watch it basically when it's big enough that it's going to get uh, enough press that people will pay attention. Like if it's on like on Fox, because yeah. it's my job or if it's something with an indictment, like if it's related to one of his criminal indictments, like I've gotten both of those huge speeches, but I couldn't watch every single rally. I'd lose my mind. Um, and there's so it would just be redundant too to be yeah. like, oh, he had another rally. Like, I don't want to do that. But um, no, it it's just more it, pretty much every day. There's more bad news for him, legally speaking. Like he just keeps losing in court, like everything he tries to slow something down. There was just a, a decision in the the case against E.G. Carroll. Um, she just got something uh, that um, there was a thing he was trying to block her from the, another defamation lawsuit and she just won in court so that looks good for her uh that's the woman who uh accused him of rape yeah and she's already won one defamation suit against him so and then uh, she wanted she wanted to add to her complaint based on statements that trump made at his cnn town mm -hmm. hall uh, i'm not sure if the development that you're referring to had anything to do with that i know that she was considering a, a fresh lawsuit, you know, over claims that were made after the initial one uh, was filed. So yeah, it, he, every, again, every time he opens his mouth, um, you know, and Fox is aware of this, it creates more legal problems either for him or for, you know, entities supporting him. So yeah. Yeah. He just keeps getting in trouble. Like every, uh, everything legally that's coming out lately, every decision that comes out just doesn't look good for him. It just keeps okay. getting worse. And then Giuliani's not looking great. Stuff is looking he, he could get disbarred completely. So uh, it'll be interesting to see what's happening. Um, but he's he has been the last like three weeks on Fox has been Hunter Biden pretty much. Yeah, I, I wanted to, I wanted to get to that before we wrap, because you have done a series of newsletters on <laughs> uh, Fox's coverage of Hunter Biden. And I know the uh, kind of the, the news peg for your series, which dates back now, I think you've been writing about this. Not exclusively, you've been writing about other things too, but um, was this Fox Nation series that they have done on Hunter, which is narrated, I believe, by Janine Pirro. Um, so that Lovely. screams that screams credibility right away. Right away. Um, <laughs> yeah, watch it at night over a couple of drinks, I guess. But um, what's up with this? Because it, it is, I think, for kind of normal people, um, this obsession with Hunter Biden, um, I can imagine that for most, I would assume it's kind of weird um, that Fox is so obsessed. I mean, you actually... You know, and I posted this tweet that that got some traction. And thank you for compiling this, which was <laughs> was just a screen grab from your newsletter. You went through and broke down the mentions. Uh, this was for the last week of June into a couple days of July. And let's see, I think I actually jotted down the numbers here because um, 
Oh yeah. So the, the, the little uh, tidbit that I jotted down was that Hunter was mentioned more times on Fox programming than both Trump and DeSantis combined. It's true. Over that period of time. And so like, what's going on here? What, why, why is Fox so obsessed with this guy? I, I, I think they view him as a liability for Biden, obviously. And it's a way it's the never ending story because they never have actually found any real hard evidence that's linked him to any crime. That's not going to stop them from taking a tiny little nugget from the laptop or from some other found evidence and going, look, see, if you put this together with this, haha, it will equal a crime. And we've got him and we've got him, you know, and it's just this never ending. It just it's if you watch their coverage, they always say if 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 oh, we yeah. can prove. And it's like that word is so important to them. And I think they love it because it's a it's a way to constantly stick Biden in the side and make it a, into this um, never ending scandal. It's kind of similar to uh, the email scandal and that they never let that die. They still talk about that. They still bring it up with Hillary's emails and with with the Tucker um, with the I mean, I'm sorry, the Hunter Biden laptop story uh, what's so fascinating about it is yeah that laptop's been dissected and broken down and picked apart and they still can't find any crimes on it and they won't give it up the two things that hunter biden has pleaded guilty to had nothing to do with the laptop absolutely nothing the gun is in his memoir the fact that he yeah. threw away a gun is in a published memoir that was not exactly hidden information and um, the taxes he paid two years ago, he knew he hadn't paid taxes for two years because he was in the throes of addiction. His accountant died. Um, and then he was he went ahead and paid the taxes. And then he's agreed to this, you know, this plea agreement where he was like, yeah, I, you know, sorry, my bad. And he's been put on probation. Um, but it's been uh, I just think it's a constant scab that they can pick at. And so. Yeah. When they've got nothing else to do in the past three weeks, they haven't had much else because last week it was all cocaine, even though that was really gonna... wasn't Hunter Biden. They were trying to imply that it is Hunter Biden. Well, I know? was going to mention that because you know, I was watching Maria Bartiromo this morning and I, you don't really do much Fox business, right? You're no. more on the Fox, which I mean, you know, I, I was actually joking on Twitter yesterday, which I, I, um, I'm i kind of proud of myself for this insight that, you know, Fox business is basically Fox news with the stock ticker at the bottom, because it's, it's yeah. kind of all the same. It's the same content, yeah. basically. And Maria's show, I think, is actually in some ways, the most unhinged of any of them, because, you know, of course, there were the two revelations last week that kind of knocked down a lot of these Hunter conspiracy theories, one being that the US attorney who was investigating Hunter who was appointed by Trump, wrote a letter to Congress basically saying, you know, I've been under no pressure. Um, I was able to conduct the investigation the way I wanted to. And that kind of cut against this conspiracy theory that the DOJ has been interfering in the Hunter probe and trying to protect him. And then, of course, we had the detail of the uh, I think the guy's name is Gail, Gail Luft, right, who was. Yes, um, he's nutty. Yeah, a, a nutty guy who was one of Comer's. I guess this was, wasn't quite related to the Hunter stuff, but it was more related to the idea that the Biden family is kind of a crime syndicate. And he was one of the whistleblowers about, you know, Biden being bribed by China. Well, it turned out that um, this, you know, this Gail Loop guy had been indicted on a variety of charges before he started blowing the whistle. Yeah. And then went abroad because he skipped bail. And so <laughs> and this was one of Comer's prized whistleblowers. Well, Maria Bartiromo is just pushing ahead as though these things never happened and kind of suggesting that the U.S. attorney who was appointed by Trump is lying about the Hunter Biden stuff and that this Luft guy was actually just indicted recently instead of the reality, which was that it happened last November. Uh, yeah. But anyway, the reason that I bring this up is because, you know, another thing that I kind of took note of this morning as I was watching Maria is that they're, they're really leaning into trying to blame Hunter Biden 
for the cocaine, um, like yeah. coming right out, yeah. basically saying like, you know, suggesting he was there and, you know, circling back to the the conversation we had about defamation um, a few minutes ago. I mean, I was kind of thinking like, wow, he might actually have like a real case here because there's no evidence to suggest that Hunter brought cocaine into the White House. And yet, you know, they're basically running with this. And of course, they kind of they're careful to kind of couch it around, you know, allegations or, oh, doesn't it make sense that this would be him or something like that? But like, there's no evidence to suggest that that's what happened here. It would be more difficult for him to win because he would be considered a public figure. And when there's a lot written about you, it's just my, I have a hair in my lip. Anyway, it's when you, when you're a public figure and there's a lot of articles written about you, it's harder to prove defamation in a court of law. And they know that. And I think that's why they go after that's That's why they can almost say anything they want about Hillary and get away with it because she's when you're an elected official and a public figure, even though she's retired, it's like the bar is super high. Uh, He might, because he's not an elected official, there might be more going on there, but the stuff they've said about him is outrageous because there's proof that he left Friday. The cocaine was found Sunday. And the fact that this is an area where people are, you know, have eyes on everything all the time. The idea that it would sit there for two days is absurd. Even Kaylee McEnany said that multiple times on air. She said, Oh no, there's no way it would sit there for two days. It would sit there for a few minutes. Yeah. Kaylee McEnany said that. Kaylee McEnany. Welcome to the resistance. Kaylee. I I couldn't (laughs) believe it. And then she was on, I believe, they kind of blur together. I don't know if it was Fox News tonight or Hannity last night and they brought it up again. And I'm sitting there going, is she going to cave? Is she going to, is she going to go back on her word and change what she said? She said twice, twice on Fox, uh, Fox and friends. There's no way it could be hunters because she wow. was going by. Yeah. I can't, I have the, clip. Oh man, I have the, clip. okay. Did you, did so you put it on it, Twitter? Yeah, it's on Twitter. It's okay. on Twitter. Okay. Cause she said on a Friday, cause she did the math and she goes, if it was Friday and it was found in this spot and she was going through all the details of the white house. And she says, there's no way it could be him because hmm. it wouldn't sit there for two days. There's no way it would sit there for two days. That's what she said. And I'm jumping out of my skin going, Oh my God. And it was in my last podcast. They called it Kaylee McEnany goes rogue. Um, and I played the clip cause it was, I was freaking out. So she was on one of the shows last night. I, Fox News Tonight or Hannity don't remember because they've kind of turned into the same show. But she said they brought it up and she did not backpedal. She was like, yeah, I don't I don't think I don't think based on the timeline, it could be, you know, she didn't say she didn't wasn't as declarative. She didn't say it could not be Hunter Biden's, but she basically did not back down. She didn't change her story. And she's like, well, I you know, I she even said, I think we can clear the press because the press doesn't go anywhere near that area. And People were saying it could have been a member of the press. And I'm like, do you, how much do you think we get paid? Um, cocaine is <laughs> yeah, expensive. Right. That's the first thing I thought of. Oh, like, what, hey. what journalist TV reporters. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe a TV reporter. Sure, somebody who has a show on MSNBC or CNN or something. But most of us do not make a lot of money. So this idea that like I'm a I'm like on a grant and in donations like over here, I'm like anybody thinks I got money to spend on narcotics is like are you i or that cat, like you, cat yeah. food's expensive for me so right. um uh you know i would never do narcotics anyway but i just i thought that was funny that they said that she it was a monica crowley made a comment last night where she, i put those two clips together that's on twitter where two different shows an hour apart monica crowley said infer that it could have been the press and then it Ooh. An hour later, yeah, like whatever, Monica Crowley. And then she's nutty, but she calls everybody a communist and she's like out to lunch. And then I had Kaylee McEnany going, oh, it couldn't have been the press. There's no way it was the press. <laughs> Stuck yeah. them together. Boom. It's my, one of my favorite things to do is That's... to find them contradicting each other. And like, boom, sure. 
Well, they cover so, all their bases on Fox. It's you know even, even even if they contradict, even if the bases they are do. contradicting each other, um, you get both both. Uh, it's fair and balanced, right? You get the the press brought fair the cocaine, and, and the press didn't the press <laughs> didn't bring the cocaine. So, um, as we wrap here, what what should people be looking out for from you? Um, I know you mentioned obviously you're grant funded. So like. Is your plan to keep going with decoding Fox News all the way through this election cycle or what's your plan going forward? My plan right now, this is what I did. And this might be nuts, uh, but I really love doing this kind of work and I want to continue doing this kind of work. Um, what I did is I started doing paid subscriptions, started taking paid subscriptions in January. And I have a Patreon and I've saved all that money for the most part. It's in a separate account. And when my grant ends, I'm planning to pay myself as if I'm still on the grant. Same amount of money until hopefully my paid subscribers get high enough that it, I won't notice the difference. And right now I'm close. Yeah. I'm not there yet, yeah. but I'm close. I'm getting there. And, uh, you know, uh, it's been great. I kind of took a lead from you because you're also uh, reader supported and as are many others. And you've been doing this a lot longer than me. Uh, and I just love the idea of being reader supported because it's like now nobody can tell me what to do. No corporation could just, you know, come in and, lay me off with no warning. I can't yep. uh, have an editor come in and say, no, you can't cover that because we don't want you to cover that. We want you to cover this. I, you know, I, I don't have to deal with that. So uh, I'm excited. And it's decoding Fox news on every platform, including threads. Yeah. Now go threads. Yeah. Yeah. We go didn't really threads. have time to get into that, but no, I, I noticed that um, you're closing in on six figures, Twitter followers, which is kind of a big yeah. deal. Yeah. Um, I'm at 90, and... 93,600 or 700. Oh, there you go. Who's counting though? But yeah, I know <laughs> I count every day. <laughs> no, I, I basically... started to go down and went back up again. Yeah. So I was like, oh, it's finally going back up again. I, I had yeah. to basically stop counting because I think I'm down like 10,000 over the past week on Twitter. So it was well, just people like, are fleeing the uh, platform. They're that's why I, I was tweeting platform. last night about uh, baseball cards because it's like, well, if I'm losing followers anyway, I might as well <laughs> tweet about nonsense and have some fun. But no, I highly recommend if you're not already subscribed to Decoding Fox News and you're into right-wing media and kind of tracking what's going on there, maybe you don't want to watch it, but you know you want to follow someone who's watching it so you don't have to. Juliet does great work. And um, you even went above and beyond in watching the Tucker shows uh, because I've, I've dipped in and out of them. But uh, you know, it sounds like you're now the my authority on that as well. So I'll keep that in mind going forward too as uh, either his views continue to go down or maybe the Sandra Tate one two and a half hours long will be the, the secret to kind of bring him back to his former heights. Yeah, and I also have a podcast too that's related to the Substack. It's all one big family podcast newsletter. And I will probably watch the Andrew Tate monstrosity. I'm not sure when, because that's a lot of time to dedicate my computer to capturing one stupid, horrible interview of a scumbag. But yeah, I, you know, that's that what might I be, do. you know, you mentioned you don't use narcotics, but you might want to. <laughs> <laughs> might want to consider an exception for uh, getting through that because I would probably need something to numb my senses a little bit if I watched all two and a half hours of that. That sounds actually kind of like punishment. But, um, you know, it's it's also uh, news reporting because this is what's going on in the right wing. And yeah. it's important for people to know what's happening there. So, yep. yeah, thanks a lot for your time. Uh, I actually got to hop because I'm going to watch Chris Ray get grilled Go, by uh, Jim Jordan it. and company. But uh, <laughs> appreciate and keep up the good work. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. That's it for today. Thanks for tuning in. New episodes of the Aaron Rupar Show drop every Thursday. Please like the show uh, on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts and share it with your circle. Thank you for tuning in. 